0: We're going to go to uh, the book of Jonah, if you'll find that, uh, and then if you'll find Matthew chapter twelve, uh, we're going to we're going to read there. Secondly, but we're going to be in the book of Jonah tonight. So if you'll find Jonah chapter one and then Matthew chapter twelve, uh, and we'll stand here just a minute when you I'll give you some time to find that. If you're here Sunday morning, you know that. Uh, Brother Shives, he went to the book of Jonah. I thought, I hope he don't get in my way for Wednesday night, but he didn't get in my way too bad. You can't exhaust the Word of God anyway, that's a fact, but uh, I sure appreciate his ministry, definitely appreciate him. Jonah chapter 1, you find it, let's stand. and uh, We're going to read all of chapter 1, and I'm going to go into chapter 2 just a little bit, and then we'll go over Matthew 12. And uh, we'll read there, then we'll pray, try to get right on into the message. Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa. And he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God and cast forth the wares that were in the ship unto the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God, if so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. And they said, every one to his fellow, Come and let us cast lots that we may know for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. Then said they unto him, Tell us, we pray thee, for whose cause this evil is upon us? What is thine occupation? And whence comest thou? What is thy country? And of what people art thou? And he said unto them, I am in Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. Then were the men exceedingly afraid, and said unto him, Why hast thou done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord, because he had told them. Then said they unto him, What shall we do unto thee, that the sea may be calm unto us? For the sea wrought, and was tempestuous. And he said unto them, Take me up, and cast me forth into the sea. So shall the sea be calm unto you. For I know that for my sake this great tempest is upon you. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to the land. But they could not, for the sea wrought and was tempestuous against them. Wherefore they cried unto the Lord and said, We beseech thee, O Lord, we beseech thee. Let us not perish for this man's life, and lay not upon us innocent blood. For thou, O Lord, hast done as it pleased thee. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly. And offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord for his God. uh, I'm sorry. Then the Lord. Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly, and said, "I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord, and He heard me." Out of the belly of hell cried I, and thou heardest my voice. Now, Matthew chapter 12. Matthew 12. We're going to read there and then you can lose that place. Matthew chapter 12. And verse number 38. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 38. The Bible says there, then certain of the scribes and of the Pharisees answered, saying, Master, we would see a sign from thee. But he, Jesus, answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall be and there shall no sign be given to it, but the sign of prophet of the prophet Jonas. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, So shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it. Because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And behold, a greater than Jonah is here. I titled the message for tonight, The Sign of Jonah. Let's pray. We'll get on into it. Heavenly Father, we need your help these next few minutes. I'm thankful that you're there for us and trust you, Lord, to give me what I need to give your people uh, by your word. And we'll thank you for what you do, for we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you so much for standing. Please do be seated. An old preacher by the name of Imar Dehan introduced his study of of Jonah with the following statement. I want to read it to you. <clears throat> he said this, No book of the Bible has been subjected to more scorn and ridicule by skeptics and infidels than the little book of Jonah. Yet no book of the Old Testament is better authenticated and its historical character placed beyond all shadow of doubt. The Lord Jesus Christ Himself vouches for this historic for this historicity, I knew I'd have trouble with this word, for this historicity, it's historical but he uses a fancy word for it that Oklahoma hillbilly just can't say, okay? Anyway, for this historical, that's the word I'm going to use, and literalness, literalness of Jonah by seizing upon it as a type of his own literal death and resurrection. In Matthew 12:40, we just read that, Jesus, in answer to his critics who question his authority, says, for as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. He goes on, this passage immediately lifts the book of Jonah above the realm of fiction or parable. Jesus places his stamp of approval, approval upon the historical account of the book of Jonah. So Jonah is not just a Bible story. No, 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 no. It's actual history. It really did happen. And more than that, Jonah's three nights inside of the well is a prophetic picture of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the grave. Um, That is its connection to the doctrine of atonement. We've been studying atonement. and That's its connection to the doctrine of atonement. It wasn't enough for Jesus Christ to die for our sins on the cross just to shed his blood. It was also a necessity for him to be raised from the dead. He had to rise from the dead. In fact, First, first Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 17 states, If Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, ye are yet in your sins. So if Jesus did not rise from the dead, our sin problem has not been resolved. We, no 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 we'd be in trouble and if the problem of sin has not been resolved then we are still separated from God because there cannot be an at one meant as long as sin is between God and the sinner it's not going to happen <clears throat> Jonah was put in a rough spot I have to say that he was called to preach to a sinful people a very sinful people Nineveh was a very, very wicked city, great and wicked is what the Bible said. It was located along the banks of the tri- Tigris uh, uh, River uh, near our modern day city of uh, Mosul. And it was a major city of the Assyrian em- Empire and had risen to become really one of the most powerful cities in the northeast about 550 miles northeast of Jerusalem. And it was very heavy populated, uh, stretching over approximately 50 square miles. And so it was a very, very large city. It was a great city, large city, very wicked. And every time God mentions Nineveh, he reminds Jonah that it is a great city, just meaning it was full of people. Now, we don't know exactly how many people, uh, but 50, 50 square miles, that's a large area. And I, I'd have to say that probably a lot of people we have an idea of its population by God's uh, revelation that there were 120,000 children in the city who were too young to have learned whether they're left from their left hand from their right hand and so that it was a it was a very very great city or a very large heavily populated city but it was also a pagan city It was full of sins, full of idolatry, immorality. Uh, It just ran rampant among that nation that, that did not know God. We talk about the Gentile nations. And the wickedness of Nineveh is further revealed in the prophecy of Nahum. If you've ever read over there, it's described as a bloody city uh, full of lies and robbery. Uh, we know that they waged war and measured their success, in, in, uh, uh, they measured their success of their wars by the body count of the enemies. They kept track of all of that. They were infamous for their brutal and gruesome treatment, the torture uh, of their enemies. I a study years ago about Nineveh they they had some of the most they had some of the most Gruesome tools of torture. I mean, just 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 horrible things. And, and the Ninevites, they would capture their enemies alive, and they would uh, they would uh, begin to uh, cut chunks out of them and take bets on how long they could last and how many chunks could be cut out for these people died. I mean, they were a wicked, wicked bunch of people. And so, you know, we can't get too hard on uh, Jonah for wanting to run off to Tarshish because you know, if God called you there. You might want to run off too, Amen. No, no, it is a very wicked city. But God did have purpose. The city was full of harlotry and and sorcery, according to uh, Hosea chapter number three. But it was also, and this is the part that that is very important. It was also a doomed city because Jonah was sent to preach a message of the coming judgment of the Ninevites. I, I mean, and aren't you glad we have a great merciful God? Come on, he was merciful back then too. Because he sent this prophet to warn them to repent because if they didn't, judgment was going to come. Someone like Sodom and Gomorrah, you remember that story don't you? And no, no, and if they didn't repent, that judgment was going to come. What judgment? We don't know, but I'm pretty sure since they were so wicked it was probably going to be pretty bad as in Sodom and Gomorrah. But he sent his prophet to them and he was sent to cry against the city is what the Bible says. To cry against the city. So Jonah's call consisted of two actions two actions he was to go and he was to preach it's pretty simple call but that's what God called him to do I want you to go and I want you to preach this is what I want you to do Uh, God's answer for a doomed city was to send him a preacher the city was doomed full of sin well what are we going to do about that we're going to send a preacher that's what we're going to do and he's going to cry out. He's going to cry against the city. The sins of the city. <clears throat> you know, preacher, we would probably really fill this place up if you didn't preach so hard against sin. That's what God's called me to do. He's called me to preach against sin. Because it's sin that put Jesus on the cross. And it's sin that's sending people to hell. And it's sin that's destroying people's uh, uh, all across our own city i'm telling you we need more that will cry out against the city Amen. that will cry out against sin that will stand up for jesus and be a soldier of the cross it's really something that nineveh was a city that god wanted to save i mean when you think about all the wickedness went on and all all the the uh, uh, uh people that were so against what god would have them to do but god wanted to save the city And Jonah was the man that God wanted to use to reach them. He picked a man to go to a city. And we know this, Jonah rebelled against God's call. Very evident God spoke to him. He said, it's what I want you to do. But Jonah rebelled against it. His response was to run away. He ran away from the presence of God, what the Bible says. To get away from the presence of God. That's what I want, Jonah said. God, I'm sorry, Jonah just wanted God to leave him alone. Just leave me alone, God. I've got a plan for my life, and Nineveh's not included in it. So what I need you to do is just leave me alone. You do what you're going to do, and I'll do what I'm going to do. You want me to go to Nineveh, but uh, I think I'm going to go to Tarsus come on you got to think about this just because we can read through this real quickly there wasn't it's not like this just all happened immediately there had to be some thought that went on there along the way God had spoke to this man wanted him to go and yet he decided I don't really want to do what God wants me to do I think I'm going to go the other way and here's the thing. No, 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 no. Here, here's the thing. Well, a preacher, it's not like we're all called to preach. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Stick with me. You, you stick with me for a few minutes. I'll try to explain what I'm trying to say here. He didn't want to fulfill God's plan for his life. We must understand that God's got a plan for all of our lives. No, he's got a certain way he wants us to live our life. And he's got a plan for our life. Because, see, there's people in your life, whether you even like to think about it at all, there's people in your life, whether they're close or just acquaintances in your concentric circles of concern, whatever the case may be, there's people, there will be people in your life that only you can reach with the gospel. Well, thank goodness he didn't call you to Nineveh, but he did call you to be a Christian. And part of that is carrying the gospel wherever we go. No, no, I, 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 I don't, I don't want you to just let this go in one ear and out the other. Because even though you know we don't have a city as wicked as Nineveh, we have a pretty wicked city. Right. That's right. I mean, have you ever drove around it? Uh, I mean, it, it don't take long. I've never driven around Dr. Greer and just counted all the bar rooms, but it doesn't take much driving to drive past a few. I know that. And liquor stores. And on we could go. I know there's a very large prison in the middle of our city. And I'm thankful that we have ministry out there. Very thankful we have ministry out there. But because of that, there's people that move into our city that are involved in a lot of the things that their loved ones that got thrown in jail were in before they got thrown in jail and they're still involved in those things and you know what the answer is for them Christ the answer is Christ and we seem to think that because somebody else is doing it, you know, Brother Mike, he passes out a lot of tracks, and, you know, preacher, we've got him, and, you know, they're doing work that, you know, they'll get that stuff done, and really no need for me to be doing stuff like that, you know, reaching out to people and trying to talk to them about Jesus because, you know, I really don't care. I mean, you know, I mean, come on. You know, I really don't, really don't want to do what God wants me to do. No, don't don't look at me like that, because God wants us all to be proclaiming the gospel some way, shape, or form. No, no, He wants us all to be carrying the gospel out to a lost and dying world. All of us. All. A-L-L. All. You know how many? No, I looked that up in the Greek. It means all. All. We're all supposed to be doing something to try to reach people with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We may not all be preachers. We may not all be in ministry full-time. But if we're truly saved by the grace of God, we are to be full-time Christian, Christ-like. If we're going to be Christ-like, then we probably ought to be doing the work of Christ, don't you reckon? I mean, we should be putting forth some effort somewhere, somehow, don't you think? To get the gospel to a lost and dying world. And even though our whole city might not be full of wickedness the way that Nineveh was, uh, you know, there's people out there, no doubt, that uh, really, really need Christ. Amen. Yeah. You, you know, those people that you see and you go, oh, they're not going to, I can't give them a track because they're not going to care at all. Uh, they're probably ones that need it the most. Yes, Amen. And so we just, you know, whatever we need, wherever we go, we try to take the gospel with us that we can be a part of God's work. Because, no, no, listen to me, listen to me. Because if, if, if not, pretty much, no, no, if we're not participating in that, pretty much we just said, well, God, that's really not what, what I want to do. I, you want me to do that, but I really want to do this. And so in essence, in essence, we ain't much better than Jonah. We're running from God. We're running from His purpose. No, He has a purpose for us. He saved our soul that we might uh, tell others about being saved. And that we might tell others about Jesus. We can't deny that. If you've ever read your New Testament, you know it's so. You know it's true. Well, preacher, I just don't want to seem like some kind of religious nut. Well, I'm telling you, if you're going to carry the gospel to anybody, you're probably going to get branded somewhere along the way. But who cares? Who cares about being branded some kind of religious nut? You know you're not. You know that you know the answer. That you know Jesus Christ still saves sinners. You know that. That's why you're trying. No, no, you know that people are on their way to hell if they do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. So you're not the nut case. Jonah had a responsibility from God is to go and to preach. And he said, "Ah, just leave me alone. I've got other plans." Because he didn't want to fulfill God's plan for his life. He didn't want anything to do with preaching to the Ninevites. And listen, if we're not doing something somewhere to try to get the gospel out to those that are around us, friends, family, coworkers, acquaintances, those people we pass by every day at the 7-Eleven or the gas station, whatever the case may be, I mean, we might as well just say, "Ah, that's, you know, thanks for saving me, Lord, but that's not really what I want to do. And we might as well just be saying, Lord, just leave me alone. Just leave me alone. As far as Jonah was concerned, as far as Jonah was concerned, please stay with me. As far as Jonah was concerned, every Ninevite could die in the judgment of God. He didn't care. Oh, it's right there in the book. He didn't want any part of preaching to them. I mean, especially if it would lead to God sparing them from the judgment that they all deserved. Riverside Baptist Church is not here to reach all the good people of St. Joseph. We're here to reach out to all that deserve the punishment of God. We're here to reach them with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we know that that is able to save from, from uh, it's able to save all sinners from the judgment of God. We know it's able. Come on, you're not. I just don't know what I would do. Give on a track. No, it can be that simple. Well, if I have to talk to them, I don't know what to say. Tell them how you got saved if it comes up. People need the Lord. Here's the part of the story that I like. One of them. God refused to allow Jonah's rebellion to go unchallenged. Because in verse 4 of chapter 1 there it says, But the Lord... Brother Joey, years ago I ran away from God. Just leave me alone. I don't want to preach. Don't want to be in ministry. Just leave me alone. Worst 14 months of my life. I hate that part of my history. I don't like it at all. I hate that I ever did it. Just leave me alone, God. God. But he didn't, he didn't leave me alone. (laughs) And Jonah was backslidden, but he he wasn't dishonest when confronted with what he was doing. He, He was honest about his sin. I mean, he told the men of the ship that he had fled from the presence of the Lord. There in verse 10, we read that. And when asked her what they should do about it, Jonah said, hey, you know, no, 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 no. Jonah was so selfish. Please listen to this. Jonah was still so selfish that he had no desire to change, had no desire to do it, still no desire. He would rather be thrown into the ocean and drowned than to obey God. Isn't it something that a bunch of lost sailors were willing to put in effort to save this backslidden prophet from the judgment of God? Oh, no, no, they tried hard. They really did. But Jonah was unwilling to do anything to save the multitudes in Nineveh from God's judgment. the, the sailors worked very hard in trying to get the ship to land. They rowed and rowed and rowed and, and, and didn't do anything. No, no, trying to save themselves, trying to save Jonah before throwing him overboard. And really, at that, at that time, they had more character than that backslidden prophet of God. If you were here Sunday morning, you heard the story that Brother Sides told. I, I remember seeing the video that he talked about, about the magi- magician that was a lost man, didn't even know the Lord, doesn't care anything. An atheist, self-proclaimed atheist, that said, that said if I, if I, he said, if I believe that, to an extent, to an, in essence, he said, if I believed that, I'd be so ashamed that I wasn't telling everybody. I mean, we do believe that Jesus died for our sin, right? Yeah. And that he rose again. Right. Oh, he is alive, sitting at the right hand of God. And we do believe if people will repent and trust Christ, that they'll be saved from hell, right? So why do we have such a hard time letting other people know about that? Isn't it something that people that don't know God know better what we should be doing than what we are doing? Anyway, the story goes on. God had prepared this great fish to save Jonah from his rebellion and, and, and to save Nineveh. 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 Nineveh to save Nineveh from their coming judgment? Verse 17. I, I like this because we really should take note that God had already been working on part of the solution. I mean, He'd been preparing this whale for some time. You know God knows where we are. And He's working hard to try to get us to where He wants us to be. He really is. No, no, no. No, 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 no. If we're listening, we're moving. We're doing what... No, no. Listen to me. If we're listening to the Lord, we're moving. We're allowing Him to do what He wants in our life. Because He's trying to get us to where He wants us to be. He really is. Always. Come on. Once you're saved by the grace of God, He is doing everything He can to try to get you to the place that He wants you to be. Working very hard to try to get you there. We just... Don't listen and obey. Because we just want to do what we want to do. Lord, just leave me alone. But it was by this big fish that that God gave Jonah a second chance to obey him. Um, And we see it in Jonah chapter 3 and verse 1. Won't go there. In every incident, in every incident, in Jonah we see God's reluctance I love it we see God's reluctance to give up on Joni Joni well I'm having a hard time with words than that ain't I to give up on Jonah God sent a storm God sent a great fish um and by hearing Jonah's prayer And by not giving up on Jonah, God was giving him another chance to repent. You know why God doesn't give up on us? Because He's really hoping that we'll listen and repent. No, no. He's really hoping that finally one day we'll just go, Oh, mercy sakes alive. How come I haven't been listening to God all this time? Lord... I'm ready to go your way, whatever you want. That's why he doesn't give up on us. Somebody ought to say amen right there. I'm very thankful. I'm very thankful. And when Jonah finally prayed, God gave him a second chance to obey him and to fulfill his will. Look at chapter 2 and look down at verse number 7. Come on, stay with me. Verse number 7. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. He's down in the fish. And my prayer came in unto thee into thine holy temple. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. So we see three important moves in these verses here, 7, 8, and 9, in Jonah's repentance. First off, he remembered the Lord, verse number 7. That's always a good thing. Oh, there is a God in heaven. He is all powerful. He is up there. He is trying to get us somewhere. He is a holy God. He does have a plan for our life. Come on! All those different things. He remembered the Lord. It's a good thing every once in a while. For, once, every once in a while for us to remember that God is there. But secondly, Jonah realized how crazy he had been in trying to run from God, and that he had forsaken that he had forsaken his only hope of mercy. His only hope of mercy. Verse number eight. There, they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. Well, I can do what I want to do. God don't care that much. You're forsaking your own mercy. Well, I'll just live my life the way I want to and God's going to bless me anyway. Uh, You're forsaking your own mercy. God's got a life plan for us. He just wants us to follow His plan. I mean, it's not like oh, if, I, oh, if I do what God wants me to do, I'm going to be so miserable. I'm pretty sure that if Jonah can, I mean, if God can protect Jonah from the Ninevites, he could probably protect us from anything we face in this life. Anyway, number three, Jonah renewed his vows to the Lord and determined to obey him. There in verse number 9. But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that which I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. So when Jonah finally reached the city and he preached to the people, the people of Nineveh, we know the story, the people of Nineveh repented and they humbled themselves before God. And upon doing so, God spared them from the judgment that they deserved. They deserved that judgment. if we're really working hard to do what God wants us to do, do you reckon He might let us salvage, maybe not a whole city, but one person? Amen. At least, maybe one. No, from getting the judgment they deserve. Brother Chris, I still remember that Sunday early, early afternoon after I came home from a church service, which I can't even believe I ever went. I still remember that young couple that came by my house and knocked on my door and gave me a New Testament. Sunday afternoon, they hadn't even been to lunch yet. The roast in their crock pot may have burned before they got home, but man, they were out there inviting people to church. Gave me that New Testament. Played a huge part in me getting saved. That's why you're stuck with me tonight. You see them in heaven. You can be mad at them when you see them in heaven if you want to do that. Because when I repented and turned to Christ, he, uh, I was spared from the judgment I deserved. Amen. Because somebody cared enough to take a little time and reach out to a community not knowing exactly what God would do but just doing what God said to do and if no one else was spared because of their goodness one guy was Of course, let me wrap it up. Jonah was used by God, of course, to be a picture of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We know Jesus was laid in a tomb, dead. But three days later, he rose from the dead. Jonah being in the belly of the well in the depths of the sea for three days was a type or a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ, death, burial, and resurrection. It was a type of that. Jonah went through what he went through so that God could give Nineveh the opportunity to be spared from judgment. Jesus died, was buried, and then rose again, so that could God, come on brain, so that God could give the world the opportunity to be spared from the judgment of sin. <laughs> In sending uh, Jonah to preach to the great and wicked city of Nineveh, after all that Jonah had been through, I love this. God demonstrated His mercy towards sinners. And his desire to save them from judgment. He took a backslidden prophet. And sent him to a wicked city. To spare them from their judgment. To come. You tell me God's mercy and grace aren't great. Jonah preached that judgment was coming. The people actually listened and repented of their sins. God saved the city. What a great picture of our salvation. I mean, truly wonderful. You know, in the book of Jonah, one of the greatest things we see is the desire that God has to be at one with sinners. He desires that. He cares enough that he will continue to work In the lives of those he desires to go to others to proclaim the gospel. That's why we come to this place. Time after time after time. Because God's working on us. Hopefully we're letting him. Hopefully we're listening. Hopefully we're not running. Because I, I can, I can, I can testify that running's not good. It's not. That's not a good thing. It's not good. Jonah ran from God, but God pursued him in interest of that great city that was full of wicked sinners. And when Jonah repented, God used him greatly. Here's what it takes. No, 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 listen, listen. I'm, I'm right It done, I'm done. Here's what it takes. Lord, I'll do what you want me to do. No, from all of us, I'm saying. It's just that, I mean, Lord, I'll do what you want me to do. I haven't been, but I will, I'll do it. What is that? That's repentance. Lord, I'll do it. I'll do it. You know, God might use you more than you even think. And let me just say this. Is if God has dealt with you about serving Him full time, worst thing you could do is tell Him no. Worst thing you could do is run from Him. Of course, we know that Jesus went to the cross willingly and He paid the price for our sins. So thankful for that. God didn't have to coerce him into doing what what he did. The great difference between Jonah and Jesus is that Jesus loved the sinners he was called to reach. So, Here's the invitation. Who are you most like? Jonah? Or Jesus? Who are you most like? Tonight. Let's stand. Would you stand with me? Let's stand. Father, bless the message. Bless your word. Bless the invitation. Help folks to respond the way that you'd have them to respond for your honor and for your glory. And Lord, that others might come to know Christ because of uh, the repentance of one or more. I'll do what you want, Lord. That's what you want to hear from folks. I'll go, I'll tell them, I'll reach out. I'll show the love of Christ. I haven't been Lord, but I, I will. That's what you are wanting to hear tonight. Lord, I pray your will would be done these next few minutes. Help us to respond the way you'd have us to respond. We pray, please. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The altar's open. Many have already come. You need to come. Why don't you? I mean, why don't you? Why don't you give God a chance? Give him, give him a chance to work in your heart, work in your life. Give Him a chance to use you the way He really wants to use you. Quit telling Him no. Start following His plan more than you're following your plan. He wants to use you. decide to let him.